Open up your Bibles to James chapter 1. We were, we were speaking on, on Sunday from James 1, and the Lord has just directed me to finish that chapter out. Uh, so, James chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and, and what we want to say about that was, last week what we talked about, James, and counting it all joy when what you believe is tested. And when tested, wait calmly on the results to manifest themselves. By doing so, what we believe begins to mature and we become complete and wanting nothing. This book is credited to James, the brother of Jesus. In the beginning, Jesus' brothers and sisters didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Those that did were persecuted and scattered all over the country. So, you can see, even in this, the chapter is talking about what you believe about Jesus. If you don't believe in the Christ, how can you believe anything else you confess? In verse 2, James said, Count it all joy when you fall into divers or different temptations, known as trials or tests. In other words, let it be all joy to you when you undergo tests of every kind. What you are experiencing is not punishment, but the testing of what you say you believe. Verse 3 told us, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, meaning the test of what you believe. Because you have the knowledge, the testing of your faith gives you the power of going on in hope. And the testing of your faith when you wait calmly develops endurance. Verse 4 said, But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Allow it to perm and permit it to have, because when patience is complete in that area, so you can become complete in that area as well. Verse 5 said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbraideth not, and it shall be given you, given him. If your wisdom is inadequate, ask God who gives freely. In order to ask for wisdom, you first must have the knowledge and understand for wisdom. If you don't have understanding, get it first. Wisdom is to know how to apply what you understand. Proverbs 3.13 says, Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. Proverbs 4 and 7 said, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. Proverbs 10.13 said, In the lips of him that has understanding, wisdom is found. When it says, He gives to all men liberally and unbraideth not, it means he gives freely and without reproof or reproach. Now, let's move on to verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. 
Not wavering is to ask God with confidence. Remember the scripture? I am confident of this very thing. That he which has begun a good work in me, he shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Be confident in what you ask. And when you ask, don't waver. Waver means to move or swing back and forth. First you believe, then you don't. It says at the end, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Then it says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. But let me point this out just in case it crosses your mind. Fear and waver can be two different things. You can be fearful and still move forward. But if fear overtakes you, you waver. I'm not justifying fear. When there is fear, there is another word that God gives you. And that is God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Think about this. You can fear and not waver. You can waver and not fear. But if you fear, it is not if it is not dealt with, you will waver. What we need is a sound mind of the word so we will not sway back and forth. If you believe Jesus is the Christ and he saved you, don't stop and think the next day differently. Or don't let someone come up and change your mind regardless of what you have done or what has happened. That is why we need to be rooted and grounded in the word. And again, verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. This means, for there is division in his mind. He is uncertain in all his ways. He is confused. Look at verse 9 through 11. Verse 9 let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. A brother that has been persecuted or tried for Christ, let him rejoice because God has exalted him and made him rich in faith. Verse 10 says, but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. A rich man's humility is his glory. And what he has is taken. He too rejoices because he knows being the property of Christ is more precious than having the property of riches. All participants are muted and they can unmute themselves. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burnt, burning heat, but withered, withered the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perishes. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. The wealth in man can only perish and wither, but the riches of God will prosper in life. 
First Peter 1 Peter 1.24 says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. Our trust is not in the riches of man, but the riches of God. Verse 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. We should give thanks when we are taken through a temptation and be grateful when we are lifted from that temptation. There is a blessing on the man who remains firm during temptation. If he stands the test, if he has God's approval, he will be given the crown of life, which is eternal life. The Lord will give to those who have love for him. Listen to what Job in Proverbs says in Job 5:17, "Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty." Proverbs 3:11 and 12 says, "Despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Correction is a blessing, not a curse. God is pulling us out of the fire, not putting us in the fire. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 and 8, For this time forth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord thy righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. In Peter, it says, when the chief priest shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. All these things are promised if we endure and continue. So let's be calm in the trials that are presented before us because God is preparing us. Second Timothy again tells us, all scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So how else would God be able to get us ready unless we are taught, tested and instructed? Now, James 1.13, it says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. The many temptations we blame on God really have to come from our flesh. Things we bring upon ourselves. When a person is trying to tempt you, don't say it came from God. God does not tempt or try you with wrong or tempt a person with wrong to make you right. Temptations for the flesh comes from the world in the way of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the vainglory of the pride of life. These things are not of the father or from the father. God does not tempt us with them. In verse 15, it says, this is what happens when you surrender to flesh. When, then when lust hath conceived, 
when you have under surrendered to that lust, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Romans tells us the wages of sin is death. Lust, which is the carnal appetite, brings sin and death. But the love which comes from God, love that comes from God, covers a multitude of sin and brings life, which is eternal life. Verse 16, do not error, my beloved brethren. Error means to make a mistake or sin. Do not be deceived. Do not turn, be turned from the right way. Men are quick to charge their sins on God. Never attribute what you have done wrong to God. God is the author of all goodness. How could one even think God is good? And how could one even think that God gives good and evil? Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. What Father gives is not changeable. He does not lift you one day and tear you down the next. Here's an easier way to, to understand this. Whatever is good is from God and his spirit. Whatever is evil is from man and his flesh. Galatians 5, 19 and 21 explains what man is about. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 explains what God is about. Look at verse 18 in James. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creature. We were birthed by truth. We were given life through the message of truth. So we are an example to the world as Jesus was to us. Ephesians tells us that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. How can we expect the world to trust God if we don't? Look at James 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, that every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. We've shared this many times. Be swift to hear. Hear the whole matter out. We must not only hear what the person is saying. We also must hear what God is saying. Sometimes we are so busy talking and saying what is on our mind that we are not listening to the person we are having a conversation with. But when you are praying to God, do you listen for God to respond? Make sure you hear what God is saying when you pray. God talks too. Sometimes when you pray, take the time to hear what he wants to say to you. Put your ears in motion and your mouth on mute. Allow your mind to be quiet. Allow God to speak. Doing so can help you exercise the wisdom of God. In all that we are saying, it is about your faith allowing patience to have her perfect work. Not only does this help a person from getting angry, but it also helps you avoid anger too. Proverbs says, he that is slow to anger 
is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. It also says, he that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Again, back in James, verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Your anger is and cannot be compared with God's anger. And God does not need your anger to avenge wrong. One writer explained it this way. It was not the wrath of God and the Son, but their love that redeemed man and established the perfect righteousness of God on earth. So it is also, it is also not the wrath of man that can work the righteousness of God acceptably to him. Since God cannot use our unrighteous wrath, since God cannot use our unrighteous judgment, we should remove it from our character. Verse 21 says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. All filthiness, meaning all evil conduct. Set it aside. Get rid of it. Superfluity or naughtiness means all the viral disease of your tongue. The things you speak and say that should not. Quit. Think before you speak. In grafted words, the teachings that already has been taught to you, let these things come from your mouth. Let's be honest with ourselves. You know what you should and should not be saying. You know what you should and should not be doing. You know what is and what is not right and wrong. So let's follow what we have been taught because we know that is right. Verse 22 said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. When you hear truth and refuse to do it, you hurt yourself. You know it is wrong before you even say or do it. As usual, you always think you will get away with it. But a way all you get away with is a dirty behavior. Put away all that dirtiness. Put the message of the word into practice. Don't just listen to it. Do it. For if any man, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Let me use this metaphor to explain this verse. A man wishes to see his own face and how it appears. So he looks into a mirror. He sees his real face with all the blemishes and imperfections. He is disturbed with his own appearance. He sees deformities that can be corrected the spots and impurities that might be removed. While he continues to look into the mirror, he begins to wish himself different than what he sees. So he performs a purpose of how he can change his appearance. When he leaves the mirror, he soon forgets what he saw because the mirror is now removed and his face is now no longer reflects him. How can he can no longer recall or remember how disagreeable he appeared to himself and forgets what he can do to change his appearance. Verse 24 says, for he beholdeth himself 
and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. If you listen to what the word says, if you do not practice it, you will end up like the man looking in the mirror. You forget by saying, staying in the word, we are reminded. You forget if you, if you do not continue to stay in the word. Verse 25 says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Blessed is the man who looks carefully into the word of God. The man who listens to it and then puts it into practice. This man can change what he has seen in the mirror. The actions of this man shall be blessed. Verse 26 says, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. The next admonition of the word of God is not only what you do well, but also how you speak. If you cannot restrain your tongue, all the other evidence of your being a Christian are worthless. A man may undoubtedly have many things in his character that proves and shows evidence that God exists in his life. But if he cannot control his mouth, if he continues to be quick to speak, if he continues to be judgmental with the mouth, he will find himself to be ineffective in the kingdom of God and around others who is looking for life. Verse 27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. One of the things needed for those following the teachings of Christ is to care for those who need the help. In many cases, it is the widows and the fatherless that are neglected. So much so, it was needful to make mention that they should be taken care of. Today, the world has created places that keep them. Many are put in homes and forgotten about anyway. Taking care of them is another way of practicing what the word of God is teaching us. What is most important about this verse is what it says last. Keep himself unspotted from the world or keep yourself untouched by the world. Better yet, stay uncontaminated by the cares and pleasures of this world. Do you know if you have a white garment and if you spill anything on it, it will show. Did you know you are the light and you are in the light and darkness present will appear on your garment with a natural garment, blood, dirt, oil, grass stains, grease or food. They all represent things that can stain a white garment with your life as a Christian. Hate, envy, malice, a dirty mouth are just a few things that can stain your garment or reputation. Remember, God is able to do what he said he will do because he is awesome. And because of who he is, we give him glory and praise. With that, my time is up and I thank you for yours.